Welcome to another episode of On The Mic, the brand new podcast show by Yahoo Singapore. If you're new to podcasts, you can use the player to start, pause and scroll through the recording. You can also continue to browse the internet in other tabs. I'm your host, Dani Osman, and today's episode is a special one. It's Father's Day on Sunday, so I decided to speak with Brian Tan, the CEO of Singapore's Centre for Fathering, to find out more about what it takes to be a good dad and the issues affecting fathers today. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hi, Danny. Hi, how are you today? Good. Yourself? I'm good. Uh, I'm glad we finally got the time to have this conversation. So before we start, um, can I just get you to introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you do? Hey, thanks, Danny. Thanks really for this call. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Brian. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of the Center for Fathering and That's for Life. And can you tell us a bit more about these organizations? Are you one of the founders? Oh, no. I'm just uh, privileged to, to come on board and I'm actually standing on the shoulders of giants. Center for Fathering was started uh, 20 years ago mm-hmm. by three men who decided to give up their ambitions and to take use their expertise to start serving men, to mm-hmm. equip and enable men to be the best uh, fathers that it could be for their children. That's for Life um, started as a movement just 11 years ago and it was only five years back that um, both the National Fathering Movement and the Center for Fathering was amalgamated so that we can now engage fathers, enable fathers, uh, and also enable communities to support fathers to be the best that we can be for our families. And what inspired the start of Center for Fathering? Was, was there like a gap? Was there a need for it? At the time when they were looking at a couple of research, and um, I think two of them um, happened to... Um, a visit to the National Center for Fathering mm-hmm. in the United States. Um, they came across uh, some programs that was really good to help dads understand um, the influence and the role that we have in our families and some practical tips, um, recent evidence-based um, steps to really um, build up our competences as fathers, um, mm-hmm. both at home and as and in the community. So they took it upon themselves to bring it back and seeing the gap that um, Asian fathers have at that time because we only received what um, was passed to us from our own dad. So mm-hmm. um, there was some things that we kind of, uh, some gaps that we, we do have um, in terms of what our children and our wives need at various life cycle stages. So that's where they decided to just um, run programs to enable fathers to understand what our family need and also to get workshops going, uh, father-child workshops going to mm-hmm. strengthen the relationships and help dads and, and child turn their hearts towards one another and to seek reconciliation if need be mm-hmm. and to support fathers on this journey. And what were these gaps that were noticed back then and what is the work you do now that helps to fill these gaps? The gaps is really um, about having, um, I mean, first of all, uh, knowledge of what our, our children need. So our children needs mm-hmm. our involvement, needs us to be consistent, needs us to be aware of their needs and also mm-hmm. to have that um, nurturing posture towards our child. Mm-hmm. So these are some these are things that I mean, if if you have a very involved dad, um, good for you. I, I mean, um, I, I speak for myself and some some other um, dads I know mm-hmm. um, where our dads were just too busy. I mean, they were good protectors and providers of the family, but um, they just uh, went there for us um, growing up. Is so, this an Asian dad thing? The the whole stereotype of the Asian dad <laughs> being a hands off dad. <laughs> 
Um, I wouldn't say hands-on. I'll say hands-on, but in different ways. I mean, my mm-hmm. dad was good. He provided really well for the family. He protected us, but he just wasn't there to help me uh, individuate during the adolescent years and mm-hmm. show me what it means to be a man, to be a husband, to be a father. Right, right. Um, because he, he was traveling quite often. So I kind of grew up um, seeking affirmation and looking uh, looking for models of everywhere I could. I could find. So I think what every child needs really is a father figure, a male authority uh, figure in authority mm-hmm. um, to help us. And this is where we stand in the gap today to help dads um, understand uh, some of these things and to receive some of this knowledge and insights when we never receive it ourselves and also to get embedded in a community of support. So I think that's that really is the heartbeat of Dads for Life as a movement to really activate and mobilize all men um, such that fathering becomes um, a lifestyle and it becomes um, kind of mm-hmm. a, 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 a group. I mean, it's a good platform for us to come together to support one another so fathering would not be a lonely journey. And what's the range of things that you do? Is it like uh, counseling, group activities, mm-hmm. like um, community support? Mm-hmm. Yes, so we so we do have some programs that we run for dads to understand the, the needs of our wife and our children for the first 20 years of our child's life. Mm-hmm. We also have um, couple uh, parenting programs where um, dad and mom can come as a couple to understand uh, what the really, what the relationship requires at various stages as the child as our child grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also run father child um, workshops to strengthen the bonds of father and child um, mm-hmm. from at the various life cycle stages too. And, and how do you reach out to these people? I mean, Asian men being Asian men or men being men in general, they just don't, they don't really think they have any problems until something serious happens, right? How, how do you reach out to these people to, with, with your message and so on? Yeah, so really it takes a man to reach out to another man. It takes a father to reach out to another father. And even when we, um, in terms of engagement, mm-hmm. um, we have a huge group of volunteers uh, with us today and the volunteers, some of them have been around with us for the last 20 years since the inception of our Center for Fathering. Mm-hmm. So they continue to, to help us uh, go out to advocate for the cause, to um, support dads, to bring dads in, to let dads know that, you know, there is a, a, a space, a, a platform for resource, there is a platform for support. And even for myself, I mean, I was, um, I was a beneficiary of uh, having uh, having met some that's for life volunteers uh, mm-hmm. a, a couple of years back and through them I started to see my um, the quality of relationships in my family um, strengthened and I start to volunteer with them and now I'm on staff with them one full cycle so has your relationship with your dad improved since then and have you applied the lessons you learned to your own children Yes, one of the first things I I, I kind of know that I needed to do was to you know reconcile with my own dad to 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 be a good son to my dad and also to demonstrate to my kids what it means to honor and to love my my parents because that's what they they are going to um do for for us for my wife and I too and next I have to model what it means to be a good husband to mm-hmm. the mother of my children because only when our marriage is strengthened or our relationship is secure that we can provide that stable and secure from space at home for our children to grow up in. And then I start, I, I had the opportunity to work on my relationship with my three kids. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think more importantly, because of the community of support around me, I mean, all the other dads checking in uh, with each other once in a while, we hold each other accountable for the, the state of our families and the quality of relationships that we have within. So that really helps strengthen the overall ecosystem for dads and families to thrive in Singapore. 
and these lessons on um how to be a good father, where where do you get this information from? Is it like um is it it's it like research based mm-hmm. and so on? Yeah, it's a research based evidence. We 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 read it. We take it um in the initial years. We took it from a couple of countries. We put the research together. We and we contextualize it to what uh Singapore um dads need and and then we just uh kind of um revise it uh, over the past twenty years to make sure that it 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 remains relevant and useful for dads even today. And what's the average Singaporean dad like? And what are the common issues that they face these days? Mm. I'll say that um every dad wants wants the best for his family um and every dad every dad will do whatever um he uh, to the best of his capacity to be a good provider for the family and to be a good protector of the family um but however some of the things that could be missing is you know how do you um maintain a good marriage how do you have a quality of conversations and how do we um provide or support our children as well as um, their mothers are at various life cycle stages. So awareness uh, is, is a key part that we emphasize in a lot of our programs to help um, dads understand the expectations and to understand, more importantly, the influence that we have as dads um, and the role that we play, uh, not just at home, but in the community mm-hmm. so, that we can, so that we can be a more integrated self and um, to, to be with our, when we are with our family and when we are at work. You guys have been doing this work for 20 years. Have things mm-hmm. changed? Are there other common problems, challenges to being a dad? Have they changed in this time? Um, I'll say the, the, the concerns of, of, of dads wanting to provide for and to protect the family continue to remain. I mean, this is, this is our first, usually our first priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, understanding our influence is something that we continue to, to uh, maintain maintain oversight over because uh, it's so easy to get lost in the business of life and with all the other distractions that just come on in in, in our cultural context mm-hmm. that takes our attention away from the influence that we will. So for instance, like, you know, um, how much uh, digital time, screen time and all with, with kids and all, I think mm-hmm. the question is um, how comfortable are we to to, to embrace it together or, or to learn it together by children. And of course, I mean, one of the bad things that we always hear is, you know, how school has, uh, schoolwork has gotten uh, progressively more challenging than mm-hmm. even we as parents find, uh, find it hard yes, to, to help our kids with it. Very true. Yeah, it's, yeah. And actually the truth is we don't need to be, uh, we don't need to know it all. We don't need to, to, to really be the best. I mean, it's all about, about uh, like for me, it's all about uh, my, my wife and I just taking the time to just sit with our, with our, with our children to just do their work with them and to work through the, the issues with them. And if we and if we can't solve it, we find, I mean, we, we try to find ways to, to solve it. And at the end of it, if we can't, then we submit it to the teacher and we, and we learn together. So like Mandarin, Mandarin has always been one of my weaker subjects. Mm-hmm. And when I had to do it with my kid, I, I realized that I mean, just as I'm helping him, I'm he's helping me too. And so there's like a reverse mentoring. And, right, and right. I think... For my children to know that we are invested in what they're doing and, and just by being there with them, sitting it through with them, trying to work out with them. And even when we fail, we fail together. We just pick ourselves up and we continue moving. I think it, it's, um, for me, it's just seizing every teachable moment to, and to be vulnerable and, and just authentic to who we are so, um, so that hopefully they will learn how to deal with um, setbacks and learn how to pick themselves up. So what I'm gathering from what you're saying is that the one of the key things to being a good father is just being involved. It might not be the perfect kind of involvement, 
but as long as you show that you are paying attention to your child, right? Is there, is there anything else to it that like, um, what else also helps build a good dad? Um, I think let, letting our child know that, um, actually, essentially letting our family know that they come first. So like, I mean, with the recent um, circuit breaker where we are all working at home and, mm-hmm. and I'm perpetually on my laptop and everyone is just screaming for attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about um, letting my child know that when they come to me, I will pause whatever I'm doing, mm-hmm. turn my attention to them. Uh, but if I have something really urgent to do, I'll just explain to them that, you know, I really need time to get something done and I'll get mm-hmm. back to you. Just letting them know that I'm willing to let go, um, face them, have a conversation with them and then turn back to my work. But of course, I mean, some boundaries have to be set too. Sometimes I'll, I'll have to explain to them, like, you know, you just don't, don't keep coming to me and trying to get attention when you know I'm busy and all and just having clear boundaries, but just helping them to understand um, that, you know, we, we take on different roles in, in the home and there's a time for for everything. Unless it's an emergency, an emergency, of course, we just drop it. How many kids do you have? You said three, right? Yeah, and I have how, three kids. How are they right now? Um, two boys, 10, 10 and 6, and, uh, and my daughter at 4. I'm guessing with kids that age, it must be easier to have an influence on their lives. But what about dealing with the teenage years where kids sometimes want to get away from the parents, you know? <laughs> well, personally, uh, I can only share my experience with adolescents in a couple of years. But what, what, I, what I've learned from a lot of uh, the men around me is um, I've got to start this uh, foundation building um, now, today, mm-hmm. where I am getting um, good family routines together, like, you know, protected time, like, you know, for us, um, the good thing is our kids are all young, so we eat every we 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 eat together every night. But mm-hmm. as our kids grow older, we are going to have to start mandating like you know every Sunday night must be a family family meal. Um, no two ways about it, so that you know you have that protected time where the whole family comes together once a week mm-hmm. uh, to have that regularity. And I think having that cons- consistency. Uh, okay, so this is where that's really has to be. I mean, this uh, regardless of our temperaments and all, we we kind of need to be. Um, so secure in our identity that mm-hmm. uh, we are almost unshakable, unmovable, unfazable. So even in the midst of a hurricane or, or come what may, uh, we got to be unimpressed um, and just unmoved and just calm and provide that stability mm-hmm. for our family to just crowd around and, and all. I mean, I guess most most dads are built that way. And this is something that we kind of need to remember uh, in spite of the busyness and in spite of all the stresses and the worldly concerns that we have because it's so easy to just come back home and you know just uh, bring the work back or bring the concerns of the world back and you know my face my face used to mirror mm-hmm. um, the day that I had yes. and and I know that when my kids look at me at the door and they start to um, move um, out to the perimeter of the living room I know that I kind of need to Look, take a look at my face because it's something that repels them. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like that. Uh, I mean, all dads are thermostats in, in mm-hmm. the home. Yes. Um, we set the atmosphere, we set the temperature. We, yeah. So we come back happy, the home is heaven. We come back uh, grouchy, it's not going to be a very good evening for all, despite what mommy can do. And, mm-hmm. and this, this is where that complementary uh, role comes in for between um, husbands and wives, dads and moms, because um, we are both um, unique 
um, yet complementary. We both have very different roles that are irreplaceable and we just need to uh, function together as a team um, so that, you know, home is secure. We mm-hmm. provide that nice, secure, safe base for our children to um, be who they want to be and to be able to come home and be who they want without judgment from the world and just being able to, you know, um, detox and uh, degas at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, you said the roles of uh, mothers and fathers are complementary. How, how do they differ in that sense? I guess, um, I mean, there, there are many things that uh, moms do best um, that that's... Um, I wish I could I could do as well as my mom. I mean, as my wife. So, like, you know, when I was um, teaching my kids to to ride my son to ride a bike, mm-hmm. uh, initially my 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 son will fall, and then my wife will be okay, okay, stop, you know, and then tend to his wound and all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a space for that because uh, she's good at that. I mean, uh, she provides uh, when when the child is hurt, she provides the instant uh, nurturing and and meets his emotional state and all. Mm-hmm. But after she does that and patch him up and he's, he's good, I'll be like, you know, son, get back onto the bike and continue riding another so and so kilometers. Mm-hmm. Right? You can do a few more rounds. You fall down again, mommy will tend to you. I'll, I'll, I'll be there to watch over you, but then you're going to get back onto the bike and you move. So moms, I mean, I find that, you know, my, my wife would have preferred to, you know, use, I patch you up, you stop now, you can rest and don't cycle anymore. But mm-hmm. whereas I would want to, you know, get back on the bike and keep going until you stop falling. Is it a know? good cop, so, bad cop kind of thing? <laughs> no, I think it's about, uh, I mean, if I would reframe it from a perspective, I guess uh, my wife, um, my, my children's mom would uh, protect them today, keep them secure today. But dads tend to want to protect the child for the long for the longer term. I, I want to protect protect them for the future. So that's why I kinda of want to make sure that they're resilient, perseverant mm-hmm. and, and have perseverance to just move forward. Um with the reality in Singapore being that um divorce rates are on the rise and so on, um can a single mother learn from you guys how to fill that uh fatherly gap in their lives? And similarly, can a single dad learn how to be a mother to his child? Yeah, I think um, it's not easy. I mean, I know a lot of people struggle with that and try to, to make it work. But in my, but I, I felt that um, it's it's hard to replace both roles. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't replace my wife. My wife can't fully replace my role. Um, and, um, and I think what, what we advocate, how we support our single dads is to continue to grant um, access uh, for the child's biological mother to to remain in contact, and if possible, the other women in in the in, in the in the family, extended family, would have to kind of lean forward to provide that mothering. So, like single mothers, a lot of them have have uh, gotten their their own dads um, and even their own uh, brothers uh, to you know just be aware of um, the fathering competences and I mean getting them involved so that the child still. Um, have a male authority figure or father figure in your life. Mm-hmm. And if and if it's possible to continue providing access to the biological father, I think that would be the best um, um, if, if um, the situation permits. And what's the response been like to the work done by Center for Fathering and Dads for Life? Have you seen uh, good growth over the years? Yes, I, I, I see from um, the increase in... in uh, program uh, participation i mean now we run almost uh, we now we are now we are running programs uh, every weekend we run more than 200 programs um every uh, annually um that 
that equips about uh, more than 5,000 fathers in Singapore annually. And mm-hmm. I think today we have, we have, um, and we used to do about one or 2,000 a year, but now we are, we have, uh, we have more than doubled that figure in terms of the reach that we have to the families uh, through our initiative, our nationwide initiatives and campaigns. We run five of them right now. Um, we have a reach of about 300,000 families. Um, mm-hmm annually and a campaign reach of up to 5 million today thanks to a lot of our uh, sponsors as well as our partners who come on board to help advocate for yeah to help advocate for us I mean we're just a small non-profit organization but Mm -hmm. we are really fueled by um, the people uh, for for themselves for the community Mm -hmm. uh, with a nice partnership between the public private and the people sector so we are kept going by entirely entirely fueled by volunteers do, do you see this growth as a good sign of like more dads um not operating mm. in like silos and actually reaching out and looking for communities of others i'm not sure if this existed in like my parents time you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> i think yeah i think it 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 exists in all areas it's just uh we are just trying to make it a little more apparent now so that uh, younger fathers know that they are not alone and if they never receive from the dads what they wish they receive, this is a time when they start looking for other father figures, uh, men, father mentors, uh, and a community of support to pick up the same competences and to help support them through uh, various uh, life cycle stage needs uh, of the family. And speaking of support, um, how do you find the level of government support for fathers um, these days? I mean, like, is enough being done to help ensure work-life balance, um, more paternity leave, and so on? I think there's a lot of um, there's, there's a lot of emphasis towards uh, from the government towards wanting to get um, not just corporate entities, but even the community and even the families to start having that um, folk, that family-centric focus. Um, like for us, I mean, the government has been really supportive of the works that we do in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, through that's for life, we and we we had the opportunity to work with um, another group of uh, volunteers on the ground, uh, moms who came alongside to to run moms for life, so that we mm-hmm. have both movements running in tandem um, to play out that complementary role. Um, so that you know the family is strengthened and families for life from the Ministry of Social and Family Development has been a very uh, strategic partner to ensure that, you know, the whole narrative between families, dads and moms are um, consistent and congruent and it's uh, being um, expressed in the community. Yeah. So I, I think um, a lot has been done. And even mm-hmm. recently, you know, all the conversations about, uh, you know, work-life uh, integration, how do we uh, remain integral, uh, how do we find that nice uh, balance? And I believe from this, uh, circuit breaker episode that we have with this pandemic. Um, a lot of um, a lot of families, especially dads, would have uh, come to a greater re- um revelation of mm-hmm. what it would be like to um to really work from home and to iron out the kings and 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 all and to and, and it starts becoming a possibility and uh, we start to refine the ways we can be doing it. Of course, there's also um, with this pandemic, there's also the concerns over uh, finances and mm-hmm. uh, not and 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 some of us, some of us have been uh, affected by it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think this is where, um, as a community, we 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 come together and we rally and we know what is required. And we, I can see the 
government really coming in to support families and um and organizations in this period and also as the community come rising up from the other from the other end of the spectrum to really um organically uh find support for every one of us who might be hurting for families that are uh falling behind mm-hmm. and all we find employers uh coming forward to make sure that that's uh, are employed because that's need to be employed because I mean that is mm-hmm. the first thing that we're all concerned about right we, we want a livelihood so that we can provide and protect our family and this is the first thing that we know that we need and through our communities we know that this is one of the things that they are uh, really tackling right now so if they mm-hmm. know a dad who has been uh, who has lost his means of, uh, of of a livelihood they will find ways to uh, support to get him back on, on track and to continue to be able to provide for his family. So based on the feedback you received, um, do you think more fathers will want to continue working from home even after the pandemic's uh, gone away? Because it looks like it's going to become a new norm. Yeah, I think it's a new norm. Um, but I think the greater question is uh, what are we work- working for and um, how much uh, work um, do we really, I mean, what, what do we really want to be doing with our time? I think people are starting to find, uh, want to find meaning in what they do and to, to make sure that it's it's nicely integrated with the rest of life. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that a dad who, who, who spends his time in his office isn't as involved as one who works entirely from home because of, mm-hmm. um, from the circuit breaking experience, we we've also realized that you know even even by working at home, you can be a stranger to all those that's that's just around you if you choose to lock your stuff out. Mm-hmm. So it's really a state of mind. It's about being uh, involved, being present, and we have no excuse not to be present today because of all the technological advances, right? I mean, I can just mm-hmm. FaceTime my kid, I can just Zoom my kid if I happen to be working in the office. I can be checking in with my wife yes, yeah. um, every now and then, so that the presence continues to be felt um, the attention continues to be given and of course the priority continues to be given so that our children or at least or my wife needs to know that um, they come first. So now we've come to the part of the show where I ask you to share some advice. <laughs> okay. So what would you say to someone who's um, just about to have a kid or is a new father to help them prepare for this new stage of their lives? Well, I would say um, if I could recall my own experience, okay, I mean the the good thing is uh, I have the hindsight of uh, going through it three times uh, <laughs> and uh, doing very different things, very different things all three oh, times. You experimented and, uh, three different ways. Yeah, three different ways. And I think if I have a fourth child, and uh, I'm hoping to have a fourth child, uh, mm-hmm. we are hoping to have a fourth child. If I have a fourth one, I'm quite sure it's going to be a whole new experience for me all over again. Um, I think the uh, thing I found really useful is having that conversation. I, I mean, having a good conversation with my wife about the, the, the expectations that we have um, how or on how the family is going to, I mean, how, where our family is headed, headed to, I mean, where our marriage is headed to. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that um, the thing that I, I, I realized I, I need to constantly remind myself during my wife's pregnancy or even after the delivery of the child is my, my focus. I mean, I am first of all married to my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, with my my first my first commitment is to my wife and then to my child. So no matter how much I have to do with tending to the newborn or even to the the rest of the of the kids together, the newborn, I cannot neglect my wife because that is um this is sacred. I mean our relationship has to come first. You know? So 
it's always mommy first and then mm-hmm. the kids and even in our home they they know it even with um the the, the coming of the of a newborn the, the rest will know that you know daddy will tend to mommy so that mommy can tend to the newborn and mommy can tend to you and daddy also will tend to you but daddy tends to mommy first mm-hmm. um, and then the next is about shared parental uh, responsibilities and this could sometimes get a little difficult for uh for the man because um when the child is born Mm-hmm. Um, you find that um, the women in the in, in the I mean the the women in the house, you know, my wife, uh, her mom, my my mom, my mother-in-law, uh, tend will tend to be a lot more competent around the baby, mm-hmm. uh, and I will tend to and and I find myself fumbling even with managing a baby in, in the early stages, but it's fine because uh, uh, and I'm thankful that you know my my uh, the women in my in my in my home are. Uh, mm-hmm gracious enough and patient enough to give me that space to um, get involved and to fumble and uh, you know just just to get involved with it so, yeah so it it may get discouraging at first uh, and it may feel like you know the kid the child is better off with the with the mom or with with her mom but mm-hmm. truth be told our child needs us and we need our child so because we need to start to nurture learn how to nurture and, and build the bond so that that bond never leaves mm-hmm. um as, as, as a child grow and our child needs to recognize our voice uh, recognize our touch recognize our smell even mm-hmm. uh, from the from the very beginning and and then comes the shared, uh, the, shared parent, the shared parental roles that we will have about how we uh, find time to uh, for the child and more importantly how we continue to find time as a couple because we cannot neglect um, we, we cannot compromise the time as a couple just because we need to we need to tend to our kids. So some time time out is required. So sometimes we, we realize that um we have to get our our parents in, our friends in to mm-hmm. help wash the kids so that you know we can have a bit of uh breather and a bit of time for ourselves. Going back to the topic of uh, men and fathers, the value of masculinity has been um hotly debated these days. Do you think this has affected what it means to be a dad in twenty twenty? I think yeah yeah well I used to have a very um um I would say unhealthy um appreciation of what being masculine was to me um I thought being masculine I I used to think that being masculine means you know I I never cry in front of anybody I I continue to remain strong I I guard myself um, mm-hmm. and, and what happens is I started guarding my heart I started becoming so independent that I need, didn't need anyone I stopped communicating or relating with people at an emotional level so that I don't have to be authentic and vulnerable and then I found that that affected um um the relationship with my wife and that affected the relationship with my parents my my own children and. I found that uh, what I needed was really to be secure in my identity, my own identity, who Brian is. I mean, I'm first of all a son to my dad, and then you know I'm a husband to to my wife, and I'm a father to my to my three kids. And once I'm um um secure in my identity and un- unshakable and um, not easily influenced or misguided by the various roles that is expected of society of the community and any place else, I find I'm better able to um, handle my emotions. And I found that I was, I felt even, I felt free to express my emotions without having, and to be vulnerable and open without having to be, uh, to be concerned about being judged for who I was because I was just secure in my identity. 
and that's something that we we we, we talk through and um, we we discuss uh, at some of our fathering um, workshops and all to make sure that the men are secure in their identity so that they can be empowered to uh, take on the various roles that they're expected to do. And every one of us has so many different roles that we play in our homes and in the community. Is that is that an easy thing to achieve, like security in your identity? Like, I mean. I imagine yeah. some parents, some people who've grown up with absent fathers or yeah. in fact, um, yeah, absent fathers, uh, uh, situations yeah. like that where it's very hard to find your identity. Like how, what, what would yeah. you advise them to do? Yeah, so I, I would say get into, I mean, get, into, uh, get, get connected with um, a group of men, uh, uh, fathers um, that... Um, we would be comfortable with and that we would be willing to share our life with um, in confidence uh, for support and also accountability. Um, that, that's a platform that That's for Life uh, provides um, through the various father groups and all. Uh, we encourage uh, the father groups uh, not just to um, serve themselves but also to look out to to reach out to other men, who fathers who might be struggling in their own walk as a father or even at, at various stages in their family life cycle um, and we can't do this alone I mean the thing is we can't be a, I, I mean we can't live as a man or as a father alone we need a community uh, for support and for for affirmation and for accountability also so really and and what we do have also is a lot of um, father uh, father coaches we also have a lot of um, father mentors I mean these are all volunteers who who, mm-hmm. who give of their their time and also their life to just walk alongside anybody who needs and I mean I was a I was a beneficiary of someone who decided to just uh, walk the journey with me as mm-hmm. a as a father and that's how I found my uh, reclaim my identity and found security in it and I continue to have to uh, my mentor, continue to keep tabs on me to make sure that you know I'm, I'm I'm good and all because it takes it's a journey and it takes time for us to um change our habits our, our our mindsets and to be comfortable with um who we really are was there anything that your mentor taught you that's like um most significant that most significantly affected how you've been a dad yes i think um not just about the okay, so he has always um highlighted my the the influence that I have over my family, over my children, and how um by me living out my uh my my role down in the home, I'm setting my wife and I set the blueprints for our children for what a good marriage would look like, what parenting would look like for them, and with us honoring and loving our our own parents, uh, we also set. Um, the stage for them to also do likewise to to us, and the other thing that was interesting is about um I mean how how I continue to remain uh secure in who I am um one of the things I used to struggle with I mean I and and I believe this is quite common for for many men who grow up without a uh, a father figure mm-hmm. a father figure um I mean how that's maybe. Uh, physically present but may not be emotionally present mm-hmm. so um, one of the things is really that that sense of self-worth and also um, mm-hmm. which affects our esteem and all we needed to do is just just reaffirm I mean every every one of us just need to be reaffirmed that you know we have worth uh, we have been given gifts 
um, we 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 have a we have a purpose in our in in our life. We have potential and the destiny that can be actualized. And all we need to do is just to be um, and evolve, empowered, and just uh, release into the potential of who we are. Everyone just needs to know that they need worth, and that and I think that's the most important thing that fathers need to do. We need to um, actively look at our children and discern um, the their strengths, um, and also to discern. Um, what what their likes, their passions, or uh, their aspirations, ambitions could be, and more importantly, for myself, after seeing um, the world through my 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 children's eyes, after seeing um, what they're good at, what they're passionate about, mm-hmm. I need to renounce my own ambitions for them because I cannot cast uh, my ambitions onto my children because they're mm-hmm. so different and they shouldn't be living out my ambition for them, they should be living out their own passions and uh, utilizing their own strengths. And it's my, uh, in my role as, as, as father to them, I'm, I, I must be a steward over their potential, their, their strengths, and also their passions and their ambitions. So it's like you're being a facilitator for them to becoming self-actualized and being all that they can be rather than what you want Yes, I got to be the coach. I got to be cheering them on. I got to be releasing them to go um, chase this and I got to be supporting them. And when things turn out badly, I have to be there to accept them unconditionally. So you don't have a checklist of one doctor, one lawyer, one engineer? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, the... I hope I I mean okay so this this is my own home. I hope that you know someone will will, will be a good chef, someone will be a doctor, so mm-hmm. that you know, yeah, so that my wife and I will, will be well. But if if we can't have that, it's fine because we just want our children to want to come to us when they have an issue. We want them to we we want to be the first person they turn to when they are hurt. We want to be the first person they turn to when 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 they have something. Uh, uh, joyful to share mm-hmm. we want to constantly be in their lives in their thoughts in their conversations henceforth so that's something that is I mean it's so precious that that's something that we're not prepared to give up so I think the relationship is, is important and it has to start from now as early as we can mm. well I, I think this is all this all has been great advice that you've given like you know like my parents too were like expecting for a while. They're always talking about like, go to school, be a lawyer, be a doctor, blah, 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 blah. Then after we all, my brother and I ended up in the media, they were like, okay, like, as long as they're good people, it's okay. And I think that, and I think that's what we really want. I mean, we want, we want our children to be happy. Mm, At the yes. end of it, we want our children to be happy. We want them to be healthy. And if they're good people and they're contributing to, 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 to society and the, and the betterment of our world, to me, that's a bonus. By the end of the day, they are my sons and daughters and no matter what happens, I have to embrace them. I need to be there for them. Um, yeah. And I hope that they want to come back into my, into my embrace uh, whenever they need to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And before we go, like um, just as a last thing, do you think there are any silver linings to this pandemic? What, what can fathers learn through the hardship that's happening right now? I think this is a this is a perf- this is a perfect it's a very good opportunity for us to really seize every teachable moment because uh, now that we are we have a lot more time with our family with our children there's so many things to to impart about life about you know a fly day I mean some weird insect just uh, flew into my house recently and then I had the opportunity to share with them that you know this is 
this is a bumblebee. It's a, you don't pet a bumblebee because you could get a very bad sting. Yeah, so it's it's teachable moments. But I think the other one is also is about how we can model how we uh, face um, overcome adversity. I mean, like I said, um, some dads could um, would have lost a sense of livelihood. Some dads would be struggling with finances. Some dads would be um, struggling, uh, might be struggling with time in the family because they are just um, in essential services and just working on the front lines and not just and not being there to help um, the spouse with um, home-based learning or even manage the home while they're out there serving the community. So um, it's about using these opportunities to share very vulnerably with our children about, um, you know, the truth about, you know, how we overcome adversity, how we pick ourselves up, how we um, demonstrate resilience and perseverance in the face of adversity and how we continue to remain a calm um, a pillar in the, in, the, in the family despite um, the uncertain and volatile uh, situation that's, that's out there. That has to be immovable and unfazed. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's, a, that's a lesson for everybody. Like The, the pandemic's really a, a test for all of us. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, thanks a lot for talking to me, Brian. It's, uh, I, this has been a great conversation and um, I wish you a happy Father's Day in advance. Thanks, Danny. Yes, okay. and I wish uh, you and everyone else a uh, really wonderful Father's Day and uh, tune in to Celebrating Fathers because it's a month-long celebration mm-hmm. for us. Uh, you can find you can find us on the That's for Life uh, Facebook page and also the Celebrating Fathers uh, microsite. We have all sorts of activities going on for families to just um, acknowledge and affirm that for all that we are, we are doing for the family and for the community and on the front lines this period. Well, okay. Thanks again, Brian. I will be sure to tell people about all the activities you guys are doing. Thank you, Danny. Really appreciate this. And that's it for another episode of On The Mic. On behalf of everyone here at Yahoo Singapore, I'd like to wish all dads out there a very happy Father's Day. Until next week, this is Danny Osman signing off.